Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number six of the Review Point podcast, coming to you from fanboysanonymous.com. As always, nothing different there. I am your host, the man who calls the shots over at Fanboys Anonymous, Tony Mango, and with me on the panel tonight, we have the Dace Man himself, Chris Dace. I'm Batman. We also have Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> oh, I was expecting you to go, I'm Chris Dace. I'm Chris Dace. <laughs> I don't know who I am. Who am I? <laughs> you're too, um, we can understand what you're saying. You don't have the full, yeah. uh, Christian Bale going on. Hold on. Right, let me put some shit in my mouth. <laughs> who am I? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar with how Review Point works, it's pretty simple. We break down whatever is in our sites for this episode, and we review whether or not it was a hit or a miss in various different ways. Otherwise known as positives or negatives, you kind of get the theme we're going with here. That's why I'm going to th- uh, throw another pun out there. Our target for this edition is Gotham, the new TV series based off of the Batman saga. And we figured with episode one of season one coming out yesterday, we're recording this uh, 10.50 at night on Tuesday, that we would just review the pilot episode and, you know, kind of uh, pick it apart, nitpick some things, give some praise to some other things, and uh, talk about what we think is going to happen in the future, what we liked about it, what we don't like, what we hope they can improve on, and what we think that they are already doing a great job with, and so on and so forth, you know. So warning, there will be spoilers. If you have not seen the TV show yet, and you do not want to know what happens, bookmark this video, Go watch it later uh, after you've already watched Gotham and then, you know, come back and see what our opinions are and leave a comment below and tell us what your opinions are as well. So what we usually do here, overall first impressions, you know, if you uh, go to your head right now, if this is as good and as bad as it'll get, is this going to be a show for you or is it going to be something where you might not want to invest the time? I, I will be sticking around. They gun to my head. I will be around for the season. I got to agree. Um, kind of in the same regard that I'm watching it is because it's fucking Batman. I, I've just got to watch it. You know, it's fuck. I'm going to watch uh, the flash and I'm going to watch agent Carter and you know, all these other shows that uh, are coming out except for Constantine. But um <laughs> You know, you give me a Batman thing, I'm going to watch it. Um, Or at least I'm going to try to watch it. I couldn't watch some things here and there. Like, I don't like Brave and the Bold. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I I can't stand that either. Yeah, and I didn't like the one episode of that... What what the fuck is that called? The the newest one that they just got rid of. They tried to do the the same animation they used for the Green Lantern one? Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah, that looked weird. And it was like, they're focusing on like Professor Pig and Katana and stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't give a shit about Katana. I want to see fucking Dick Grayson and I want to see the Joker and Mr. Freeze and whatever. Like Professor Pig and all them, they're interesting characters in their own right. But, you know, you can't have Batman on a cartoon show in a cartoon time slot dedicated to kids and he's fighting Mr. Toad. And for me to not be like, this is a little silly. So, yeah. <laughs> Gotham's sort of uh, taken a more adult approach to it, which is good because it should, where it's building itself more around like a Law and Order type of show as opposed to a Batman one. And that's how they should be doing it. Although, my first impression of this on a negative side was there's actually too much Batman. I, I could see where you're saying that, because uh, the whole hype that's been over the summer is that this is going to follow young James Gordon, who just got to Gotham. And like you said, I think there is too much Batman. Um, not just Bruce Wayne himself, but the cameos of what will be the Batman universe. Yeah, it's kind of like they shoehorned the stuff in and panicked. Like, um, like when they first announced that they were going to do a Gotham show, I was thinking we were going to have something where it was only through the perspective of the GCPD and Batman was going to be around, Mm -hmm. but he was just going to be like a shadow. Like, 
uh, you know, it'd follow Gordon, Bullock, Montoya. Uh, maybe they would like introduce a brand new rookie cop and he would be like the main character or something. They, you know, they'd have, um, yeah, like a lot of different, there's tons of characters that they could pull from Torque and Christmas Allen and Jason Bard. And fuck, they even could have added uh, the question in there because he was a minor part of like that kind of a thing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to have seen a show like that. And when they did this, I mean, it's it's cool that they're introducing these characters, but at the same time, it's like, man, they've got like 45 minutes to do a lot of work in this first episode. And we've gotten introduced to like 20 important characters. A little yeah. bit too much. Yeah, and I think they laid it on pretty thick too. Um, not with just like a subtle, oh, hey, my name is Edward. And that would be like, hey, maybe that's that's going to be the Riddler one day. It was no, it was a guy in your face, thir- like ten riddles right off the bat, and he's working with the LA or the GCPD, and it was kind of intense the way they would lay some of it on. Yeah. Um. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna just um break down some of the characters here, talk about the plot in relation to them. Um. Might as well knock out the guy himself, Batman. Uh. I loved that the first episode was about the Wayne murder. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I, I even tweeted about it the day as I was watching it live. Uh, I have seen Bruce's parents die a million times in a million different nations on paper, game, TV, movie, cartoon. You see it all the time from different angles. And each time it still gives you goosebumps. And you'll, if they do it again, if they do another incarnation of Batman, or, or hell, when they do Superman versus Batman and Batflex going through it, I'm prob- we're going to probably see it again. It's just an iconic scene for the series, and I think that's a good way to set the tone for what Gotham's going to be. I think they could have done it a little bit better in some ways. Like It seemed a little bit rushed, but I mean, fuck, like we said, we're throwing in like 20 characters here. Mm-hmm. But... um. The, just the idea behind the scene alone, like you said, it's it's iconic. It's something that you can't be a Batman fan and not sort of, it's a morbid thing to say, but like eagerly anticipate that scene. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, it's the same as like watching him put on the cowl for the first time or, uh, you know, if they do different incarnations of Spider-Man the first time that he figures out that he can web sling, like it, you know, it's something you got to watch. And another thing I actually liked about that was how they incorporated Selena into it, mm-hmm. like how she's actually there to witness it. Cause I've always been of the mentality that Selena and Bruce are the main couple, not Talia. Mm. And I know there's some people that really like Julie Madison or, Silver St. Cloud or Sasha or like a lot of these other love interests and stuff like that. Don't give me, uh, what's her fucking name? Uh, Jezebel jet or something like give me Selena and Bruce. Mm-hmm. So no. I, I like that idea. Oh, I completely agree with that. I think one of the most intriguing couples within the Batman universe is Selena and Bruce for the mere fact that you never know which side Selena's on. She's usually out for herself, but at, at there's, the fact that the connection she has with Bruce in many comics will lead her towards doing a right thing rather than I'm going to just take care of myself type thing. So that dynamic has always been great. And I hope that they build on a young Bruce and young Selena to actually give us some history that maybe like we link later on that Batman had a soft spot for Selena when he became Batman. Yeah. And that she had a soft spot for Bruce after watching that. And she can kind of like, you know, it's a different thing to um, to hear that somebody's going through a tragedy, but if you are able to witness it or experience something like them or something, you've got that empathy for them. And mm-hmm. Selena might be like, you know what, fuck Batman for stopping me stealing this kind of shit, but, oh, wait, you're Bruce? Well, fuck, Bruce is going through all this shit. No wonder he's Batman. Oh, fuck, now I get it. Instead of just like, well, you're a fucking rich kid, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. I, I really like that. I kind of almost wish that they could incorporate this into other stories, too. Yeah, I, I'm actually excited to see where they go with it, because episode two for Gotham is entitled Selena Kyle. Oh, it is? Oh, oh nice. yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited to see, even if it's just an episode based around her and her dealings in Gotham as a young kid, I'm sure some of the scenes we've seen through Gotham, she's at Wayne Manor, she's at Bruce's, uh, the, the whole tragic event with his parents. She's always there in the background, so it'd be nice to see the perspective, and they kicked off the series with her. Yeah, that was weird. The rooftops. So I was I thought that was pretty, Yeah, I thought it was pretty neat, because you go into Gotham, you you immediately think you're gonna, the first person you're going to see is Bruce. And to start it off with a different character, especially not Gordon, because that's who's been, been hyped, to start with Selena, I think that's huge. Yeah, I was expecting either the establishing shot would be Bruce walking through the streets, or it would be Gordon like getting out of a car and being like, oh, so this is Gotham, I'm fucking back. Like, mm-hmm. you know. And then it was just like, damn, they're going straight into Selena? Shit, all right, well, th- it's like the next scene going to be uh, Clayface or something. <laughs> yeah, right? Fucking puddle starts moving, like, what's going on over there, huh? huh? Right. <laughs> Like the opening shot is of a uh, crazy quilt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bruce himself, I think that the kid's really good. What do you think? I do enjoy the kid. Uh, he's got that Christian Bale type attitude that he had in the Batman Begins right by, when he got back from uh, the training from the League of Shadows, like already at age nine, uh, where he's testing himself for fear. He's testing himself for pain. He He's like, holy shit. He's he's Batman almost, um, <laughs> Bat but uh, yeah, Bat Kid here is uh, he, he's really crushing it, and I can believe that the way he he's already transitioned in episode one, he will become Batman one day. Yeah, you can see it even just like in his eyes, mm-hmm. like they really did a good job casting that character for sure. And I like how like th- there's like such a huge difference with um one of the nice touches that they did. The first scene that they see him in, you know, his parents get killed and whatever. He's shrieking like a little girl. Mm-hmm. And the next scene, he's not... He's still a little kid when Gordon is uh, talking to him about what's happened. But mm-hmm. you can see, like, the wheels are starting to turn. Oh, yeah. And that's sure. when he's t- telling them about, like, I should have done something and whatever. And... I think that I can trust this guy instead of not talking to him. And by the funeral scene, I mean, he's the one offering his hand to Gordon. Yeah, we get to witness within a 45-minute span and probably little five-minute clips of Bruce. He grew up. He went from nine to freaking 18 like that. There was like, here's a kid enjoying a night out with his parents. Now here's a Bruce Wayne running Wayne Enterprises, basically. One of my favorite things from any kind of comic book thing ever is always the, been the Bruce Tim animated series. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a great, great line in this really random episode of um, Justice League where they are all turned into kids. And it's, you know, this hokey kind of stupid thing where, like, um, Morgan Le Fay and I forget the fucking kid's name. Um, he, he turns everybody into kids and gets rid of the adults. And, you know, they play back and forth with a lot of stuff with, like, Diana having a crush on Bruce and Green Lantern like picking on them for it and shit. And yeah, it's a fun thing and whatever. It's actually a good episode, but it wouldn't seem like it would have any like dark moments, but there's a fucking amazing line in it that sums up a lot of the Batman character. And it's, it's a two second thing that just goes right by. And you know, a little kid watching the show is not going to put any weight behind it, but, um, I think it's Diana. It might be Superman. Um, says something about like you know you're still like acting like too much of an adult but to batman and just like be a kid you know think like a kid or something like that and he says i haven't been a kid since i was nine years old mm-hmm. and it's just like damn it that's exactly <laughs> the way that it is like that's a fucking heart-wrenching thing to say and that that shows you in this show like he is a total kid at the movies with his parents goofing off bang bang I'm not a kid anymore. Bruce Wayne's dead. Like, mm-hmm. so they did a great job with that. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think they portrayed that here in the first episode of Gotham. And that's something that they could have like really stretched out too. Like, they could have made this whole season, at the very least, about him. Hopefully, they don't backtrack. Uh, him being like a little child and getting really, like, scared over a lot of different things and stuff and. Mm-hmm. That was nice to see that they went right into it instead. Yeah, and he, at one point he even put Alfred in his place in 
the, the one of the ending scenes with Gordon, where Gordon approached him about what had uh, transpired in the episode, and Alfred goes to speak up, and Bruce stops him. Yeah. And speaks for himself, and it's like, uh, okay, I get that you're this it directly involves you, but you're also still a kid, and Alfred's your caretaker. So Alfred's a dick in this, though. Oh, I don't like Alfred in this one. He's a fucking asshole. Like, I feel I feel like we've been spoiled with Michael Caine. I don't like this guy. Michael, um, I never remember how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Gah, but it might be Go. Um, or Goff, even. Mm-hmm. The guy from the original um, the Tim Burton movies. Oh, even he, he was great. He's like my Alfred, kind of. More so than even Michael Caine. Because Michael Caine's kind of a, like a... a I wouldn't say like he's like a dick, but he's kind of um, a different side of a dick. Like Alfred's always kind of like a, a teasing kind of guy, mm-hmm. and the things that they do in The Dark Knight Rises kind of make me go like, uh, I don't really like the Michael Caine one because yeah, you know he leaves like Alfred would never leave. Alfred would just suck it up and be like, all right, fine, Bruce, I'll die for you and stuff. Like, but the, again, the animated series one is the main one that I go to, and this Alfred's a fucking asshole. Like he doesn't seem he, like he likes Gordon for some reason. And it's like, Gordon's only trying to help, you know? Yeah, he is a complete dick to Gordon on in, like, the uh, opening scene where he first meets him. And Gordon's basically stating that he's new here. And then uh, Alfred's really like, well, good luck with that. And just, like, completely dismisses him. Yeah, and then a really asshole line is he tells Bruce that he's got to keep his chin up and not let anybody see him cry. Yeah. Like, right after that, it's like... He's walking past the dead fucking corpses of his parents. Mm-hmm. I, I think what they did with at least this version of Alfred, they went too hard core into the, I believe it's Frank Miller version, where he is straight out of special ops. <laughs> like, uh, fuck yeah, it. And if, the, if that's where they're going to go to the point where Alfred and Gordon might start teaming up and kicking ass, I can understand. But the first impression of Alfred in Gotham, he's a douche. And he's not a character that you can believe that is going to be a crutch for Bruce to still keep his humane side. If anything, the Alfred we're witnessing now would only push uh, Bruce further into the Batman role. And he would have no grounded spot. Maybe that's their plan. Maybe it's like... With Gordon giving that speech about there be, uh, there's going to be light and whatever, maybe they're trying to make it so Gordon is like the the optimistic one and Alfred's the one who brings on like the you got to seek vengeance kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes sense because uh, everything they're building with Gordon, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to it with him when we talk about his character, like you said, is optimistic. It's more to the light. He's been quoted several times. He's not that type of guy. He's not a liar. He's not this. And then, like you said, Alfred, our first exposure, he's a dick. He's short with people. And he yelled He yelled at freaking Bruce when he was on the roof. Get your ass down here. Or arse, or whatever the hell he said. Yeah. Fucking British language. Um, but he he's the harsh, even more so than a father, like that kind of hard father type figure, which... I don't think anyone in the Batman universe has been exposed to yet, if you unless you read the comics. I hope that they tone him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it, maybe have like some kind of a, a story arc for the season where Alfred and Gordon can talk, and Gordon can be like, you know what, you're not being a father to this kid, and Alfred will be like, yeah, well, fuck you, buddy. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I can picture Alfred saying at this point. Yeah, good uh, luck with that. <laughs> you know, and kind of like Alfred learns to be more compassionate towards uh, Bruce, and Gordon learns to be more like forceful. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe they can like piggyback off each other and sort of like, because uh, the two of them really are like the two father figures in Bruce's life, and really the only mother figure is Leslie Tompkins, and I don't know if they're planning on putting her on the show but they should by the way that'd be great mm-hmm. if they're looking for characters to put in here um leslie Tompkins is one that they really really should because one of my biggest complaints about this whole show is everybody's too fucking old yes like the only characters that are the right age right now are selena bruce alfred gordon barbara 
Uh, I'd even say Ivy. Yeah, Ivy. Yeah. And maybe Penguin. I, I'm I'm actually okay because at least that guy I know who his actual age is like 30s, but he he kind of he's got that baby face, so I can believe him to be 18, 19, fresh. Um, and if my complaint with him would be he's too tall. Yeah, yeah, he is kind of tall. I've always every envisioning of the penguin has been this short. Every kind of it's. Tim Burton's Danny DeVito, like that size build type of guy, which gives him the uh, the lust for power. But I think the way that if we're going to talk about the penguin right now, or cobble, cobble pot right now, cobble pot, um, I do like the way they're building his character a lot. Um, don't like, like you said, his age is kind of questionable. His height bothers me, but cobble pot as a character, uh, emotionally, he, he's he's building to something good. He's got to gain weight too. Yes. I don't know if the actor is willing to do that. They might just not do that because, you know, I mean, it's it's tough to tell an actor, like, yo, can you gain, like, 100 pounds or something? like. Yeah. But uh, he's got the penguin look to him, like, in his face. So that's mm-hmm. good. And he's got that weird walk. Um, each time you've seen him, yes, most of the times that he gets the camera focused on him in that pilot, he's been hit on the leg. Yeah. But he, he's got that waddling type look, which I hope he kind of keeps that like because after taking so much abuse to his friggin' legs, that's why he kind of waddles or limps. But his progression into a villain, yeah, it's very quick, but I think it was done very well. Yeah, I liked how they gave him a little bit more of a sadistic side. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to take that bat and hit the guy. Yeah. Instead of just being like a reluctant person who becomes the penguin, like no, he's he's a fucking dick. He's the penguin, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has always been a character that I've liked better when he's been somebody who wants to like have power, but not necessarily be like not like a murderer. Mm-hmm. Like you got a lot of these people, uh, you know, Joker is gonna murder everybody left and right, and. Bane's going to kill people and Killer Croc's going to eat people and stuff. And it, it's nice to have these couple of characters where they're looking for the money and they're looking for the power. They're not looking to just slaughter people like Victor says or something. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, he does have that like bloodlust at the beginning, but I think the moment he, uh, he meets with Montoya and the, uh, I can't remember his other name. Christmas uh, Allen. Yeah that shows that he is already trying to put into motion a plan to be the, the kingpin of Gotham. Right. So the build for Penguin is phenomenal. And the, the pivotal scene with him and Gordon on the dock, huge. It'll bite Gordon in the ass, but I think it's huge for both their character developments. That was a little weird, too, seeing him slit that guy's uh, throat and eat <sighs> that- his sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was really intense. I was not expecting that from a Fox show right out the gate. Yeah, <laughs> it's like especially one that would have children allure. I know they keep trying to build it as an adult show, but you know children were probably watching for the glimpse of Batman, just the the hope right. of seeing their superhero and <laughs> to see him just pop out of the lake or river and just I'm eating your turkey sandwich. <laughs> like I figured, if anything, he was gonna stab him, and it'd be one of those like scenes where you know he just kind of like leans forward and you hear like and then he's just like you know and just dies and i really didn't expect him to eat the fucking sandwich like for that to be the motivator behind it like he just kills the guy because he's just like ah tuna fish or something (laughs) that was a really odd introduction to this character there was a lot of scenes that i think they for a fox show and maybe i haven't been watching too many fox shows or and many things that aren't comedies on tv but I didn't realize that uh, something on basic cable could go that far with some of the, the subject matter they were doing. Oh, God, you should watch Hannibal. I'm going to have to because <laughs> to watch like the way they were just stringing out their blood everywhere, it looked like a friggin' horror movie in some scenes, which I, I am not against, but I just think that's awesome. Yeah, if this ends up having any much as uh, much leeway as Hannibal does, Hannibal's a disgusting show. That's like... There's been times where I've been like, well, I want to eat, so I can't watch Hannibal yet. <laughs> and I'm usually I'm not that like squeamish with that kind of stuff, unless it's like 
you know, I'm watching like a real thing or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I know it's fake, so it doesn't do anything. I mean, I'd have to be eating like spaghetti or something, you know what I mean? Where it's like <laughs> something that'll look kind of like that. But uh, mm-hmm. that shit was pretty brutal. So it, they're pushing the limits on this a little bit. And fuck, if they ever bring the Joker on. I would complete madness. Or Zaz, for that matter, because Zaz is all about cutting people up. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? Actually, there's um, one other character that is the right age. Joe Chill. Which one was that again? The one who killed uh, Bruce's parents. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's the right age, because he should be, you know, an older man. Not like an older, older man, but he should be, you know, an actual adult, instead of like some fucking nine-year-old killing the parents or something. But the one I, that good. I don't know who they're gonna get to play that character. I don't think it's that guy, whoever it was. It was a stand-in. That's why they had him completely covered up. But um, hopefully they get somebody that's kind of cool and they can build something out of that. But I really like what they did in the the Nolan films with Bruce wanting to kill him. Mm. And I hate how some iterations of the comic make it to where he like Joe Chill. Uh, is never like killed or never put behind bars or whatever, and Batman's still looking for him and all that. Like I, I like that idea of Chill somehow dies, but it's not from Bruce killing him, mm-hmm. and Bruce can never get that sort of revenge. Like yeah, that's a chapter of a book that he he didn't get to finish, and I. I... I think when we're talking about other characters that kind of relate to that crime lord uh, area, Falcone being introduced, it makes me a little nervous because, yes, every time we've ever seen Falcone, he's been old. But Falcone is a prominent figure for when Batman first arrives in Gotham and begins his vigilante uh, justice and all that. And the Falcone that we've seen, I don't know if he'd be around in 10 years or so when Batman first gets in uh, the suit because he looked a little rough at the very least he's in his mid 50s yeah and i mean the timeline we're looking at now there's a little bit of leeway sure but there's no way bruce becomes batman for at least 10 years Mm -hmm. and that puts him at 19 that's really young to be batman he's yeah it's got to be 15 to 20 years for the most part like I prefer my Batman to be around like around like our age, like 27 or so. Mm-hmm. So that way he's got a couple of years before he's got Dick Grayson. And then like he can build a whole Bat family up by the time he's in his like mid thirties sort of. Yeah. But 40 is the maximum that you can make Batman where it makes some kind of sense. After that, he's getting too old and, uh, if you make Batman too young, then it's like he's Bat Kid, and mm-hmm. you're talking would... 15, 20 years from now. That Falcone would be in his late seventies. Yeah, he he'd be almost checking out. Right. Um, and and to push further, he's got to have time to train with the League of Shadows, or just train in martial arts in general. Um, unless we, st- for whatever reason, Bruce in this series begins training tomorrow. Um, I just, like you said, I can't see him being Batman until he's like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor that's playing Falcone, though, is perfect. Oh, I love him. I he, think he's great. It's he's just... fucking amazing. That's like, that would have been perfect casting in the movies. I would have mm-hmm. been down for that. That I can't remember the actor's name, but I've liked that guy in a lot of other things. And he's totally Falcone. Mm-hmm. Although they're calling him Falcone. Yeah. That's bothering me a little bit. Um, but the age thing, and I, I honestly love Donald Logue, who's playing uh, Harvey Bullock. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned before the podcast, and one thing that's been bothering you most of the show is age. And he, Harvey Bullock, it has always been around Jim for the most part, and he looks like he, he has about twenty years on the current Jim Gordon. Right. Instead and, of being like the same age, if not younger. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I get that they want him to be kind of the veteran and seasoned. Uh, person in the force and that's why he's paired with gordon so you have gordon who's kind of the rookie and then bullock who's now the well i had 
inspiration at one point, but that's not how you play the game in this city type guy. Um, and I think it, it'll be neat to see what they do with his story arc because his story arc has been different in different variations. But to see him, I was okay with him being a little bit older, but 20 years older, it's a little rough if we're going to get into the whole Batman allure. Yeah, because it's kind of like you, you're screwing yourself. Like You're making it so Bullock's going to be in his 60s or something, and then he can't be running around trying to get Batman. And mm-hmm. you can't take a character like Arnold Flass and put him in the Bullock role as like the younger one, because Bullock, as much of a an asshole as he is and stuff, he's still an anti-hero, but he's got the hero part. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, Bullock's got to be a good guy, as yeah. much of a dick as he is, and Flass is not. So you can't just replace the two. Mm-hmm. And I think, at least for this iteration, if we look at Gotham as its own standalone universe and them kind of rebooting everything, I'm okay with the dynamic they have currently with Bullock and Gordon. Uh, Bullock will always be the one that tests Gordon limits when it comes to morals and such. Gordon's going to be the one who brings Bullock up to a, a hero status from where he currently And Donald Logue is fucking perfect for this, right? Oh, without a doubt. I've loved him. and He's been in two Marvel movies. He was in uh, one of the Blades, and he was in Ghost Rider. He's phenomenal in those two roles. Both minor roles, both roles where I believe he ended up dying. Um, <laughs> he was in Gr- Grounded for Life. I love that. I don't care that, like, w- there's a lot of people who hate on that show, but I thought that was a funny show and because of him. But I think anything he touches, he's, he's golden. He would be another person who... If you put him as Bullock in one of these movies, I would have been perfectly fine with that. Like, damn good casting. Uh, he would have been great for Batman Begins if they had Bullock in that. Yeah. And that's the uh, the cop that uh, Bale shakes down. I think that would have been great. Instead of that other fat slob. That was Arnold Flayas. Ow. And that was like, you know, uh, he's from, you know, like the year one and... Uh, mm-hmm all those kind of stories and stuff like that. So I can see why they did that to me. What really was confusing was how dark Knight had Hispanic female cop and big burly asshole cop. And they weren't Montoya and Bullock. (laughs) That was fucking confusing, but yeah, you know, um, so some other characters that we had that were introduced to us, uh, actually quite a bit for the GCPD. We had Edward Nigma. Yeah, um, I feel like we were yeah. for, we were force fed him uh, right. At the, if it was a passing conversation about a, a smart guy who was solving forensics for Gordon and Bullock, and not a fucking riddle to be heard, mm-hmm. it would have been great. Or maybe even just like one, not thirteen, <laughs> right out the gate, and then then basically calling him Nigma and just. I think they beefed up his spot way too much. And I think that he's a little bit too old, too, because he's probably, like, 20. Mm-hmm. Which, that's not too bad if you jump 20 years in the future for Nigma to be 40. But that would have been a good spot, I think, where you could have had a, a kid, and they could have said something like, uh, maybe there's... You know, this would even be a stretch, but if they said something like a child prodigy was consulting with the the team and you didn't see them then maybe it would just like put that doubt in your head or whatever but that would even be a stretch you don't, you don't need everybody to be linked in yet yeah you know nigma is somebody who could pop up when bruce is already batman and it doesn't matter he's not tied to batman yeah, he's tied to his gimmick and that's it he's not um Selena's got her connections, Gordon, of course, and a lot of other side characters and stuff. But, you know, if you told me that Killer Moth had some connection to Batman, like, fuck off. I, you know, I really love the Riddler character and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm worried that they're making him a joke. The, the first reaction I had when I saw the Riddler is like, what, what the fuck is Barry Allen doing in Gotham? <laughs> Cause when I like immediate glance, it was like, Oh, well, hold on. And then they started talking. I'm like, oh, that, what? <laughs> it caught me off guard because they look similar. And 
Like I like I said, I think it's force fed the Enigma stuff. For me, I thought that he was Penguin's little brother. <laughs> yeah, I can see that too. He he just he did not he did not strike me as Enigma or uh, the Riddler until they actually said Enigma, and I was like, okay, put him in the little green hat, give him a cane and a bunch of question marks on him. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> um, but force fed for a pilot. We had didn't um, need him. Uh, two partners, Rene Montoya and Crispus Allen, two characters from the comic books, and again, too old. Rene Montoya is exactly the age right now that she should be in 20 years. So she's going to be 20 years too old. She's going to be 50. Mm-hmm. Like, what the, I don't know how they didn't plan this out. I, I think they're going to try to take a lot of liberties with it, and if they're going to get called out by fanboys, they're going to just say, yeah, well, you know, it's, it's not part of the uh, standard universe. Because they all have cell phones and shit like that. And they're like, eh, that's not part of the universe. That's making me get worried about some of the other things, too. Because they said before that they were going to bring Mr. Freeze in. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Freeze has no place in this yet. No. Not they, at all. The only way you should add Mr. Freeze into the mix here is if you've got, like, a college student who is involved in cryogenics and he witnesses murder. Yeah. And like, Gordon just interviews him as a witness. Right. What's your name? Victor freeze. Okay. Whatever. Who did you see? Uh, fucking Ferris Boyle mm. did something, you know, like, uh, I, I don't want to see him as this 35 year old cryogenics guy already. Yeah. And, jumping forward like that or or taking a whole lot of liberties and making him fucking snow monster or some shit like i don't know it's weird like looking at this gotham series at least from my perspective heading in and i think that's many fans perspectives going in um is that this was going to be a mob related show that the super villains can't really appear in gotham until there's a batman so there needs to be an equal or greater force for them to combat if a Mr. Freeze, or hell, if Joker starts showing up, or fucking Clayface, if these guys start making appearances and start running rampant on the town, you run into issues because who's going to stop them? Regular cops that have been <laughs> bitchified over 50 years of comics? Um, but where you could take as a Cobblepot, or uh, this Fish Mooney character, or even you get in the Riddler a little bit, they could be a challenge for the cops. And it takes them a couple storyline, like a few episode story arc, to finish that. To combat somebody with an ice gun, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a little bit of uh, a stretch for what they're trying to achieve. And there's characters that really, if you blew your load with them already, it wouldn't be bad. Like, and there's like seven different versions of Clayface. Mm-hmm. One of them, Basil Carlo, is an actor. And the original Clayface storyline, he wasn't this shape-shifting monster. He was a guy with, like, masks and stuff. So you could have an episode where Basil Carlo, the actor, is killing people, and it takes the combined efforts of the GCPD to figure out who is the murderer. Like, mm-hmm. you or still like, have um, Matt Hagen and you know, the other Clayfaces for the future. Yeah, and you got, like, characters like Calendar Man and just, like... So many mob-influenced characters, too, that you could just build off of a couple seasons. I, I just don't think you can get into the super ones until you have a, a superhero to combat uh, combat them. Now, what do you think about the Fish Mooney character? That's a brand new one. It's interesting, and I think if they leave out your freezes and your jokers, she's pivotal to keep this season moving. She is a... In my mind, you have a low-tier boss as in Cobblepot right now you have the middle tier which is Fish Mooney and then Falcone who is the top tier and the bottom two tiers are all trying to make a move to go for that top tier and to have all three of them in a play you can get at least a season or two out of them whereas uh, Fish Mooney and Falcone are going at it for season one Cobblepot's oh god this goes down terrible is stirring the pot <laughs> and <laughs> eventually he would end up interjecting the, into the winner of that battle for another season. So I, I, I enjoy her. I think she's essential. I think there's other characters. I think it's... They created this Fish Mooney character 
instead of having two male mob boss, bosses going at it, uh, with the Maroni and Falcone, instead of having those two families clashing, it's going to be Fish Mooney and Falcone. Um, being a comic fanboy, I'd rather see Maroni, but I understand why they brought in Fish Mooney. And plus, it's uh, Jada Pickett-Smith, so it makes sense. They're trying to draw in women. You know, I actually would have been fine with them making Sal Maroni a woman. Mm-hmm. Every Which once may... in a while, that's that's not bad if they do that. Like, I mean, it's sometimes it's done over the top, but mm-hmm. Maroni doesn't have to be a man. Like, it's not the same as like Alfred or something like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, unless they're saving Maroni to be another obstacle for Fish Mooney, I I foresee Fish Mooney being the ultimate top dog because she to me she's a higher bill when it comes to like actors. Um. So Falcone will get knocked down a couple of pegs. Fish Mooney will take over. Maybe uh, Maroney would be the one to contest next. Knock yeah, Cobblepot. True. Save Cobblepot for maybe season three. Build, keep building him slowly as he builds his fish empire. <laughs> <laughs> as he murders the population of Gotham in order to steal their sandwiches. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, and Gotham Tonight News is also a sandwich stealer out there. GCPD is unconcerned. <laughs> They're All like, crimes are, like, ignored. They're like, motherfuckers with these gimmicks. We've got mm-hmm. the Riddler guy, we've got the Joker guy, we've got the fucking fish people, now we've got the sandwich murderer, like... Look <laughs> at this fucker that pops out of rivers and just stabs people for uh, sandwiches. Uh, I got the name for him, he's the Sandwich Slicer. <laughs> Batman is gonna be the new 52. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we have here. We have, um, this was a really shoehorned in thing. I fucking, you talk about hits and misses. This was a total miss. Ivy Pepper. (sighs) Did we need Poison Ivy in the first fucking episode? Did we need Poison Ivy in the first season? Uh, especially at her age. She has now just been introduced. We understand where she may get her hatefulness now. Because her dad got framed by the GCPD. I could see that. But I don't foresee us seeing Poison Ivy ever again. There's no point to her. You just did her origin story right there. Right. So, yeah, she'll have the accident one day. But until that day when she's 19 or 20, doesn't matter. And they got to change her name, too. Because Ivy Pepper is not going to be Pamela Isley. Yeah. I, I really, that was like one of the biggest misses, I think. It was one of those cramming a cameo in real quick. It's uh, short of putting a baby in a crib with like face paint on with lipstick and having it laughing like uncontrollably. Right. <laughs> what should we name her? Harley? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> did, I don't like her first words. Mr. J! Yeah. <laughs> what did she just say? Who's Mr. J? We need to talk. They're like uh, checking the newspaper and it says something about the flying Grayson's coming in 40 years or something like that. Yeah. Um, let's see here. We talked a little bit about Selena. No problem at all for me so far. She's doing great. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think she's pivotal to this series and makes sense. Yeah, she represents a good happy medium between heroism and villainy. Mm-hmm. We actually didn't talk about Gordon much. I, I know, the main character of the series. <laughs> I, Actually, before we do Gordon, uh, let's do Gordon's wife. Well, I certainly would. Man, she's hot. <laughs> uh, Barbara Keene, very good that they've kept the right character name, and she looks like fucking Batgirl. Like, they mm-hmm. could not have gotten a better casting as far as appearance uh, goes. They're teasing that she used to be a lesbian, though, with Montoya. Yes. Holy shit, yes. I, when they were in that apartment having the whole conversation, like, the hell is going on right now right what what is what i i don't i'm gonna be honest i don't know much about uh gordon's wife from the comic lore she's always been a like a not even a secondary character like a fourth string character in my everyone that i've read that gordon just either he's divorced from her because he's been to his job too much or he just he calls i'm gonna be late and that's pretty much all it is with her right um and now to have this backstory of being a lesbian and like having a a past that Gordon doesn't know about. I'm like, huh, well, this is character development for sure. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they, like... 
one of the reasons they had to have added that in there is because they they know that in the future they want to do Sarah Essen. Mm-hmm. You familiar with her? No. She is uh, the person that sometimes it's um, just the woman that Gordon is involved with after he splits with Barbara. Sometimes he flat out cheats on Barbara with her, mm-hmm. and sometimes she dies and sometimes she doesn't. Um, but I would assume that they're going to bring Sarah onto the GCPD maybe in the next season and have that as like he's with Sarah and she is doing this thing with Montoya and whatever. But I wouldn't put it past them if they would have like after the casting of Montoya and Barbara been like, you know, be kind of hot <laughs> <laughs> flashbacks. <laughs> Because, I mean, they're both beautiful women, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'd be down for that. <laughs> I, I was really shocked that they were building a backstory with them. It, yeah. it was awesome to see Gordon go after Montoya after that. It was just, I, I just sitting there watching that scene, I'm like, what is that? What? Barbara is not an important character. She is, she's a crutch to Gordon. <laughs> you know what, actually, now that we're talking about this, and the whole ages and stuff like that. Fuck, why didn't they make Montoya uh, the Ellen Yindel character from um, The Dark Knight Returns? She was a future commissioner and she clearly looked like she was a lesbian. <laughs> that, no, that's that's a valid point. They should have. Um, I think Montoya could be the right age, goddammit. Yeah, I know. I, I'm really they're taking a few liberties with this. So I, I think they're hoping that people don't catch. Um, that would have worked too. And then her, her partner could have just been some random. Didn't have to be. Yeah. So. And they could have had, you know, if they were looking for the whole diversity thing, they could have had a black guy as the partner still too. I mean, he didn't have to be Christmas Allen. Yeah. But I'm a little bit okay with Allen being, older if that's the case because he's not pivotal or anything it's it's the Montoya one that's well it's the Montoya one and the villains and Bullock and everybody else (laughs) (laughs) half the cast it's only half the cast but we got another thing here a huge thing that they're taking a big liberty on no mustache for Gordon yeah he needs some kind of facial hair they need to in one of the seasons at the very least like he needs to get like really depressed or something and just grow out facial hair and shave everything off except for the mustache. I mean, he was, he might look ridiculous, but it was it was pointed out to me by uh, by Kerbin when we were talking the other day about this show. Uh, he still looks like the pretty boy from OC. Yeah, California. <laughs> now in Gotham, yeah. here we come. And he he, he just flat out said, "It's kind of hard to take that guy serious that he's going to be Jim Gordon one day." Yeah. Um. But he does need a mustache. I don't know, maybe he can't grow one. That's poor casting on their part. They should have done their background history on that first. Um, but I, I like I like Gordon as a whole. I think he's a good character. Like the character building they're doing with him, the no nonsense. He he is on the firm line of this is right, that is wrong. I enjoy it. I I, I do like him, and I think there's potential. He just needs a stash, like you said. <laughs> Yeah, the character, everything's perfect with the character other than the stash. Uh, it's a little stupid thing that I've found fucking funny, and I don't know why, because it really has nothing to do with like anything in the future of the series at all or whatever, but when they were talking about going to some kind of a dinner or party or whatever, and he's just like, you know, ah, I'm like exhausted or whatever, and she's like, well, you want to get something to eat? And he's like, oh, I had a couple of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that fucking made me laugh, and I was just like... Like, Gordon is totally a character that would say that, but he doesn't get a chance to in much of the medium that we have. Like, mm-hmm. there's an episode of the uh, animated series where Batman and Gordon meet up at New Year's Eve. And um, it's apparently like this tradition where they meet up at this one coffee shop and have a cup of coffee together. And uh, Bruce apparently always pays and like that annoys Gordon because he's just like, Oh, you know, one of these days I'm going to get the check. But he like, there's this odd line where he says to the one guy, Hey Joe or Jim or whatever. Uh, it's probably not Jim. It's probably Joe. Um, 
if I could just have one of your famous cheesesteaks to go, I'll be on my way. And it's like, it's fucking Gordon with like, oh, I got my cheesesteaks, got my hot dogs. I mean, like, <laughs> he's like, the American, all American American. Yeah, he's like the New York Philadelphia cop. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, sitting there eating a bunch of hot dogs, pulling something from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> he's got the cop car. Hey, can I get a couple of dogs for free? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I really enjoy the, the human side of Gordon, uh, but I, also the robotic side is awesome, too. Like, yeah. he is just not no-nonsense when it comes to certain things. Like, when he walked right into uh, Fish Mooney's establishment, and he started questioning her about everything that had gone down about the Wayne murder, and the moment she didn't answer, and the two goons walked in, he goes, oh, I just got my answer. So I, I like how he's like he, he seems to be a step ahead of people. But when he goes up to them, he doesn't appear that way at all. Yeah, that was a good scene to showcase his character. I like that. Mm-hmm. So if we break these down character by character, what would you say, hit or miss? Gordon? Hit. Totally agreed. Bullock? Age is a problem. Actor's amazing. I'm going to go with hit. I'll go with a hit, too. That age thing is bothering me, but... I guess we kind of just have to bite the bullet. They can't fix this shit now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, we're going with hit, right? Absolutely. Alfred. Dick. It's a miss. <laughs> it's a miss for me, too. Gets... The actor seems like he'd be a good Alfred if he wasn't a fucking asshole. Yeah. I mean, come back to me. If we do like a review at the end of the season, my opinion may change. But right now, sir, he's a dick. He's a miss. <laughs> Selena, hit? Absolutely. What about Barbara? I'd hit I'd, that. I'd hit it. <laughs> not 100% so sexist to me. <laughs> I'm going to go with Miss. I'm not really feeling her yet. Again, this could change by the end of the series. I don't know where they're going to go with it. Uh, Montoya and Christmas Allen. Uh, I'm going to go with the Miss. Um, I understand that they're going to be uh, kind of contradicting everything that Gordon and Bullock will do throughout the season. But I just don't feel like they're strong enough. I We keep talking about them, but I almost keep forgetting about what they did in the pilot. So it's a miss to me. They weren't strong enough. Uh, Montoya got mad a lot, and Alan smiled a lot. Mm-hmm. Like that dude smiled in every scene. Yeah. He's kind of like, yeah, this is awesome. Love being a cop. <laughs> if they're going to be not a, a straight-up antagonist to these guys, but like a side one that just kind of they're fucking like speed bumps in the road that they're trying to get through. They, they just didn't seem that to me. They just seemed like loose cannons on the side that didn't make sense. So it's a miss. Uh, Penguin. Hit. I love, I love this actor. I don't like his height, but I I love the actor. He he played the guy with the ADHD and, uh, accepted movie. Um, but he is, I, I, there's going to be great things from that guy. So he's a hit. I'm going to give him a hit as well. Uh, Enigma. Miss. If you look at him and see Barry Allen right away, it's a miss. <laughs> I'm going miss as well. I think that the guy could be a good Edward Digma, but again, it's that age thing, and it's too heavy-handed, too early. Mm-hmm. You know, immediately, this is Edward Digma. Don't do any riddles, Nigma. Well, mm-hmm. fuck you. You know, like, why do you yeah. even have Nigma in here? He told yeah. you that you've got nothing really to go by, and that's it. You didn't need him in the scene. Yeah, if he, if he wasn't in the pilot, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Uh, Fish Mooney. I'm going to give her a hit. I, I'm going to go with hit, too. I, I really think she'll be the balance in whatever mob war is coming. And I'm definitely going to give Falcone a hit. Yes. I liked him. He was smooth. Um, Yeah, just real smooth. Smooth operator. Yep. Uh, Joe Chill. Uh, I'll go with a hit. I mean, you can't do much under a mask. <laughs> I'm actually going to go with a miss. Really? I, I think that having him be a faceless person takes it away a little bit. Mm-hmm. Plus, he seemed a little bit too stocky. I like the idea of Joe Chill being, like, not like For- a, um, I don't want to say, or- like, a starving guy or something, but, like, I want him to look like he's a, a fucking street rat mm-hmm. like he's he's not there because he's like a, a hired gun 
killer assassin, anything mm-hmm. like that. He's there because he's like some Desperate. fucking thug that they were just like, yo, fucking kill those people. We'll pay you money. And he's like, I got to do that to survive kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite version of the character. So I'm playing favorites a little bit for my own shit, but miss. I'm definitely giving a miss to Ivy Pepper. That's for sure. That was just a waste. Another enigma. It was in our waste of time. Miss. Yeah. Like the next episode, they're going to start pulling in fucking um, Abattoir and uh, Amygdala. And... Oh, God. You know what they're going to do? They're going to pull in fucking Scarecrow. Oh, probably. I know they're going to do that. And you know what? The only person that they should be doing, either like Jeremiah Arkham or Hugo Strange. Don't yeah. do fucking uh, Crane. Definitely do Hugo Strange. And maybe... No, just do Hugo Strange, because Crane should be about the same age as Bruce at this point. Um, so you can... If we get to a point where Bruce is in his late teens, then introduce Crane maybe as a student of Hugo Strange. Right. You know what would be actually a really cool thing to say? Uh, make Hugo Strange like a counselor that they assign Bruce. Oh, that'd be even better. And make it to where, like, Gordon is looking into him because he's just like, something ain't fucking right here. And Alfred's like, hey, fuck you, buddy. I'm taking him anyway. Like, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Piss off! Yeah. What are we saying? Um, there's, nothing, there's nothing strange about this Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's character breakdown. We talked about a lot of the plot when it comes to that stuff because it kind of goes hand in hand. Um, what about, like, the special effects and like the the music the different stuff like that i mean i i could see that there are some references to like the hans zimmer score and the the tone the setting like setting's great beautiful scenery um seems a little bit more like chicago um in some ways a little bit more like new york in a lot of other ways probably new york more than anything else so that's pretty standard (laughs) I've always loved how they did with the Batman movies, except for um, freaking Joel Schumacher, that they had, uh, it was very ambiguous as to where the city could be. So nobody could say, well, oh, Gotham was filmed here in Camden, because Camden is Gotham. It's <laughs> it's more of a, let's take elements of Chicago, elements of uh, New York, elements of, I think they had Pittsburgh in the Dark Knight Rises with the Golden Bridges. Just, they, they take elements of every city, because then you can't pinpoint what it is, but everybody has a little bit of Gotham in them. Um, and I think they did that well. The only thing that bothered me, special effects-wise, is when uh, Cobblepot came out of the river, the background looked a little hokey. I didn't um, notice that. And, and it's probably just because just certain thing, scenes in certain episodes, shows and stuff like that. Watching the show forever, the same thing happened whenever Mr. Fantastic popped out of the water. Um the background, and I understand he's probably in a pool behind a green, in front of a green screen, and they just did a drop, like a backdrop on it. But it just seemed a little odd. Hmm. But I do like the setting. I do like how they take elements from different cities. I do like how they take elements from like the 1970s and then elements from today, such as the cars are older, but they have cell phones. So it's really, it's kind of the setting and the surroundings are just kind of messing with you. And that's how it should be. I mean, like you said, Gotham's not New York. It's not Philadelphia. It's Gotham. It's yeah, it's fake. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be one thing. It yeah. should be a mixture. And, and I think that the state of confusion when you're going, well, they have cell phones. Oh, okay, well, they have the, like 1975 car. It, it, the state of confusion, the scenery and stuff puts you around, and the, the, the clothing they wear, but then they're in a sky rise with like all this electronics in there. It, it's it's That state of confusion is kind of what Gotham is, and it puts you in that sense, so I think it makes the show even better, because now you don't know what the hell's going on. I'm going to have to give that a hit as well. Yep. Um, what about some other stuff? Like, Do you think the, the, there's a hit or a miss when it comes to a balance of plot and action? I think it was a very good hit. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know where they were going to go with it. Uh, they caught that when they caught um, the killer of the Waynes right like halfway through the show. I'm like, um, that seemed way too quick. And then they build it into a like a development of, well, he was framed. Well, Bullock knew. 
well, now they're both being strung by their feet in a fucking butcher uh, freezer. It, it, the way they kept built, like putting these little twists in it, I think were better and better because as soon as they solved the, the murder, I was like, oh, well, then they're done. That's it. <laughs> and then they, they just like, well, no, it's still open and you're probably never going to find out who did it. Deal with it. I think that was an interesting element and I think it set up a lot of things. The whole, my favorite plot point, and this is a huge spoiler for people out there and I apologize. If you haven't watched it, you probably should go back under the rock you live in. Bruce um, becomes Batman. <laughs> yeah, Bruce becomes Batman, and the end. Um, no. when, when Gordon's walking Cobblepot to the end of the pier, and Bullock basically says, you gotta shoot him so I don't have to shoot you. Because if I don't shoot you, then I'm gonna get shot. So it's basically like a domino. If you don't do this, we're all getting shot. And it was very clever, because as he's walking to the, the edge, I'm like, how the hell is he gonna get out of this? Bullock's right there watching. What's he going to do? And then for him to say, don't ever come back to this town again, shoot the gun near his ear, push him in. So it makes it look like he shoots him. And then like you, when he pops out of that river and he is just, he, he immediately kills somebody, steals a sandwich. Cause you know, that's customary. <laughs> you know, he's going to completely ignore everything Gordon just said. And this is going to stir up some shit later on in the season. So I, I think they have definitely set up for good things to come. So I'd say hit when it comes to the plot. I'm um I'm leaning towards hit. I think that there might be some pacing issues here and there. Uh, but the first episode's really tough to tell, and I can't think of a single show. You know what? Actually, off the top of my head, maybe Community. Um, there's not many shows where the pacing doesn't change after the first episode. Well, you know what? Community does, too. Yeah, I'm not going to give that much credit to that. Um, the first episode is really a good judge of are you going to like the concept more than anything else? Mm-hmm. And I love the concept behind this. There's there lots of flaws in different things, and I think if you get different directors and you get different writers and you get different people that are uh, commandeering this, then we're going to get stronger episodes and we're going to get weaker ones. And I think the weaker ones are going to be really weak, but the stronger ones could be amazing. But what the fuck? I watched Smallville. So <laughs> yeah, if I could sit through 10 seasons of that crap, then there's no <laughs> way that I'm not going to be able to sit through this because it's fucking Batman. Yeah, I think that's one thing they luck out extremely is the just the loyal fan base that regardless of whatever they're pushing at us, good, bad, or indifferent, when it comes from comic book backgrounds, you're hooked, you're, at least for the first season. Right. And I'll say right now, this is not Arrow. Arrow is much better. For sure. But yeah, I, like, I love my Batman. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so I'm going to, overall, I'm going to give it a hit. And... It's a, a minor hit in a lot of different ways because it's really, it's going to struggle and they need to get their fucking footing like the next episode. Because mm-hmm. if people watch that first episode and they weren't 100% sure, they watch the second one and they're like, they're not Batman fans, but they're curious. If they don't like that second episode, it, that's done. I don't think they'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give it a hit as well. Um, and I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to give it a little bit more than a couple episodes, only for the fact that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. out the gate, and you talk to a lot of people, was very slow, not very popular, and then all of a sudden it's like mid-season before they started filming the, the back half, they said, look, get your shit together, you're getting canceled, pretty much. And it was like, boom, shit hit the fan, Hydra, er, like everything you could possibly want out of a series happened within the last half. And I'm hoping that Gotham does pick up speed a lot quicker than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did, but I'm not going to count them out until a February area. So before we say goodbye to you, we're just going to throw some plugs out there. Dace, what do you want to plug? Follow me on Twitter at the Dace Man. Check out the Dace Man Show Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on megapowersradio.com. Check out the D-List. It posts every Friday or Saturday end of the week definitely for my top 10 on whatever i want to talk about here on fanboysanonymous.com check out oldtimewrestling.net 
Uh, we have shows every Saturday at 2 p.m. And the 27th, we'll have a show at 7 p.m. where I go for the tag team titles. Woo! Woo! You're going to win? Spoilers? <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, I do not know. <laughs> spoiler alert, Dace becomes Batman. <laughs> yes! All of a sudden, mid-match, I just go for a flying elbow. I'm Batman. <laughs> Boom! So, uh, pay attention, obviously, everybody, to all the other podcasts that we have. We just finished uploading an episode earlier today of a group meeting of us talking about some different shows that are happening this season in a very wide respect. I mean, we didn't break them down into as much as we did for this one because we haven't watched a lot of them yet. They haven't come out yet. But um, if you're interested in what other shows we want to watch or have already started watching, go ahead and check that episode out. And... Check out the upcoming episodes of the Review Point podcast, the fan tracks. Pay attention to whatever videos we end up having your way when we go to New York Comic Con a little bit later on in the month, or actually next month because it's still September. My days are off. And, uh, uh, we've got so much different stuff. If we're a real movie club and uh, et cetera, et cetera, there's a laundry list of stuff you can find on fanboysanonymous.com and updates, of course. For anything that we post will be posted there as well as on facebook.com slash fanboysanonymous and twitter.com slash fanboysanon. On behalf of everyone on the panel, meaning Dasa and myself. Hey, it's us. <laughs> and all of the fanboys and the fangirls that couldn't be here tonight, thank you for listening and shooting the breeze with us, everybody. We hope you had fun. And remember to tell us what you think of gotham what were the hits and misses are you going to be excited to watch this show do you need to give it a couple more episodes before you will fully dedicate yourself to it or are you hooked already leave those comments below make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for whatever the next episode of review point is uh, i'm not sure what that'll be yet but who knows maybe we'll end up doing something more frequently of these different tv shows and maybe we'll end up doing a recap as well some kind of review point season recap or whatever to to go back see what we think at the beginning of it versus what we think at the end uh you guys think any of those ideas sound interesting leave those comments as well but that's going to wrap us up for this episode of review point number six i'm tony mango and i am a fanboy see you next time everybody <laughs>